Welcome to the Thomistic Institute podcast. Our mission is to promote the Catholic intellectual tradition in the university, the church, and the wider public square. The lectures on this podcast are organized by university students at Thomistic Institute chapters around the world. To learn more and to attend these events, visit us at ThomisticInstitute.org. So without further ado, I, I introduce Father Alan O'Sullivan uh, to continue, uh, and he's going to speak on the good life, tips from Aquinas. Okay, good morning all. Good morning. So let's start uh, with a prayer. That's working. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. John Paul II, and then the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I, I, I probably should um, preface. Uh, this talk uh, this morning, uh, realizing uh, that I'm, I'm speaking to university students about the good life, <laughs> and realizing that you know a lot more about this <laughs> than I do, <laughs> and you know people probably say that to you a lot, you know, the good life or the great life you're having in UCD or Trinity, things like that. Okay, and people have have perceptions of the good life. Okay, everyone around you has perception of it. Okay, the, the dream boat or the, the perfect car or the perfect girlfriend. And, and they're often misperceptions. <laughs> okay. They're often what other people have, maybe, or what they possess, or what we what we think is going on. Okay. So um, so what I'm I'm going to try to do today is um, what, what what does the good life mean in the Western tradition? Okay, within Western civilization, is there a way of living uh, that that trans translates into every profession, uh, every state of life, every age, every sex of man? You know that that, that sense, okay? And what is that? what is that good life? Okay, and when did we start um, thinking about it? Um, uh, when did we start? begin negotiating it. What does St. Thomas Aquinas uh, help us uh, to understand uh, 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 about it? Okay, so in, in, in Western uh, civilization, um, the, the roots of the, the good life are, are, are found in, at least as an idea, are, are found in, in, in classical Greece. Okay. So uh, Socrates, um, in Plato's dialogue, Phaedrus is talking to a young man, Phaedrus, and he mentions probably the earliest mention of the good life, uh, 375 BC, so four centuries before Christ. Uh, talking about this good life, what is the good life? We're thinking about it, uh, talking about it. Um, the first thing I have to say, even though I'm not going to give the talk on happiness today, that the good life. Uh, is consistent with human flourishing. Okay, it, it, it's consistent with man's or the human person's search for happiness. 
Um, it, it's, it's consistent with living well. Um, today, you know, being the best version of yourself, they would say on, on, on Catholic retreats, you know, youth retreats. Um, that would be a, a modern way of maybe putting it in, in, in some sense, okay? Um, so Plato says, uh, the most important thing is not life, but the good life. Next to that, there's something else, okay? We're, 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 we're talking about the Greek uh, classical tradition. Uh, and the good for the Greeks is, is, is alongside the beautiful, okay? Um, in Greek, um, word, kalon, kalos, is, 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 um, it is good, um, but it's also beautiful. Okay. Um, so there's something about the good life that's also attractive, uh, that also magnetizes, uh, that also draws the human heart and mind to it. It's not, it's not a, a dull goodness. It's not a hollow kind of shell in, 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 in any sense. Yeah, so um, Plato again. Um, the good life somehow renders the human person, man or woman, good and, and, and beautiful. Um, the, the good life is capable of you know, bringing about an inner transformation. Uh, it's about, it's able to get into your inner inwardness, <laughs> okay, if I can put it that way, uh, and talk to you, you let's say, about yourself. Uh, and Plato has the, like, like a right mixture of water and honey, okay, when you get that right blend, uh, when you get that right balance of, of ingredients, uh, that, that good mixture it's it's working maybe like a cocktail or whatever it is you know if you get it right it's really right okay so the good life is about that okay and uh thomas uh, aquinas quotes uh pseudo dionysius again he says the good and the beautiful are beloved by all okay? we're not only attracted to the good but also to, to the beautiful and then he goes on this is thomas aquinas he says beauty of body uh consists in a man having his bodily limbs well proportioned, okay, well bit, whatever that means, okay, uh, together with a certain clarity of color, okay, healthy, you know, we know, we know what a healthy complexion is, okay, uh, we know what a proportioned body is in, in, in that sense, you know, male, male, male or female. So he uses that, often Thomas, he, bring, he starts with the physical, the, the sense of something we can see, something tangible, and he brings it on to another level, on to what he wants to talk about, about the, the moral life or about the spiritual life. He says, he says, in like manner, spiritual beauty uh, consists in a man's conduct or actions being well proportioned um, in respect of the spiritual clarity of reason. So the human person is, is a rational animal. Um, it, it, it's appropriate that he or she acts according to reason. 
Okay, and I suppose that that is the Greek insight. That is the Greek kind of miracle in a sense that we're we're, we're reasonable creatures. Uh, why don't we act reasonably? <laughs> why don't we use that? Why don't we use that instrument well? Uh, why don't we actually use that higher faculty that we have uh, to be reasonable, civilized, uh, respectful, and inventive human beings? Okay, and and and, and that's and that's where, where Thomas will, will will come at it as well. Okay, um, so let's go a little further. Okay, Plato says again. Uh, the good life is a life of virtue. Okay, that 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 way to human flourishing, um, that way to happiness, uh, passes by the channel you could say, uh, the aqueduct uh, of virtue. Uh, so we have to figure out if 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 we don't get the sense of what virtue is, uh, we'll probably miss the whole thing, the whole picture. Uh, uh, if we don't know. So a lot of today's talk will be uh, about virtue, just an introduction uh, uh, to it, okay? Um, so what does um, virtue mean? Um, well, it comes from ver, actually. Uh, it comes from ver, which means man. Virtus means strong. Um, so virtue is, uh, is, is a strength that you have. It, 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 it's, it's a competence that you have. Okay? It's not a half strength. Uh, it's not a half competence. It's actually a perfected ability. Okay? You, you, you do something well. Uh, you do it uh, proficiently. I suppose and I haven't put it in my notes there, but it's, it's probably... Um, Consistent with, with the um, the Greek notion of arete, okay. So, excellence, okay. Um, so virtue, strength, um, a perfection, called the perfection, um, it is a certain competent way of acting, okay. Um, Thomas he quotes Aristotle, the, the Greek philosopher, as well. He says, virtue is that which makes its possessor good and his work good likewise. Okay, so there, in, in a sense, there are two objects here uh, when you're acting virtuously, uh, when you're gaining these abilities or these strengths. First of all, there's the act that you're doing, okay? Um, if I'm a shoemaker and I make um, kind of sloppy shoes, <laughs> okay? Or, you know, not, not really good. I, I bought a pair of shoes for 18 euro recently, you know? And you can read that they're not really well, they're not really well made. Sort of stuff, it was Ash Wednesday, it was stuck, okay? And uh, <laughs> the other shoes are problematic, okay? So, but they're not really well made, okay? Because you can't get quality for eighteen euro, you know, pennies. Uh, and but okay, so the thing is, the shoemaker, if he's making a good shoe, you know, um, like uh, Jose Maria Escrivia say, do not tell me that you are a bad shoemaker, 
and a good Christian. It's a good, it's a good striking thing, okay? Okay, if you're making a good shoe, if you're a craftsman, for example, your, your, your object is to make the shoe, um, but also in doing that, you're ennobling yourself. Uh, you're you're a, a quality craftsman. You're, you're producing a good product. Um, you're respectable, you're reliable. If you buy a shoe from this person, uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be Clarks or Echo or, you know, in, in, in that sense, you know. You get, you get a brand name because there's quality there, okay? Uh, but going back to virtue, uh, those two things are happening all the time, okay? Virtue is something that we can do so when you're, you're painting a wall or building a church or uh, helping the, the disabled or whatever you're doing, uh, you do it well, okay? And in doing it well, in doing, say, the external deed, let's call it the external deed, doing it well, it, it, it rebounds to you. It's, it's chipping away at you. Like even Michelangelo chipping away at David or at the, the Pietà. It's also chipping away at him. He's becoming the, the, the great artist. He's becoming a better man. Okay, in, 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 in a sense as well, okay? Um, and that's what virtue is, okay? That it's, I, I call it like, it's like a boomerang, you know? If I do something shoddy out there in the world, I get a bit shoddy, <laughs> okay? I try, I try to gloss and you know, put something under the carpet and not hide my, 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 my faults or cracks or whatever. Okay, well, I have, the cracks are still there, okay? But if I'm acting well, uh, if I'm acting like a spiritual athlete, um, then I'm actually becoming a good athlete, a good, uh, a good man or, 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 or woman, okay? And that's, you know, that's, that's the tradition that, that St. Thomas Aquinas picks up. Uh, he says, virtue is a good quality of the mind. You have to know your skill, even if it's just playing tennis. You know, it's, it's in there, in, not only in the reflexes, but it's in your mind, how to be positioned on the court, you know? How to get into the net quickly, uh, when to take the advantage, you know, all, all, all these things, okay? So good quality of the mind. So it's a, it's a thinking, spiritual craft here as well, in, in a sense, okay? Um, today, um, some of the, I suppose the candidates for, for virtue today would be, you have an ability, um, you have a skill, okay? And perhaps deeper again, you have a trait of character. Um, that um, a, a virtue, uh, a way of acting well, is not something transient. Uh, it's not something you fall into and, and, and fall out of quickly. Okay? It, it becomes ingrained in your personality. It, it becomes a stable... Uh, constituent of your being. Does that make sense? It's not just the act itself, okay? It's you're actually becoming a kind of character. You're becoming a scoundrel, if it's not a virtue, okay? <laughs> or you're becoming a saint, okay? Uh, but by, by, let's for the moment say, just by this repetition, okay? Um, now we could say a lot more. That's just, just, just for, 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 for getting us started, okay? Yeah, it dis yeah, that's the whole thing, okay? It, the important thing about virtue, it disposes a person. It's not the action itself, 
but it's like that you're, you're already set up for the action. You're already um, wired in some sense. You know that uh, if you are a just person and you notice an injustice, uh, a just person will rectify it. You know, you will call the guards, you see someone beat up or something or something being stolen, you see something, you know, going missing. Uh, you, you tell security. Okay, you're disposed on the moment when you meet that kind of miraculous moment, uh, you're disposed, you're settled. We call it a settled disposition uh, to do something, to, to, to act uh, in a certain way, to have a characteristic way of acting. It, it, it doesn't mean that we can't act out of character. You know, I could be quite a truthful person, an honest person, but just to get off, you know, I just, in the moment, I'd say, uh, Sharon did it, you know. <laughs> or Sharon helped me, you know. Do you know what I mean? But it really wasn't Sharon, okay? Okay. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, but you can act out of character, okay? Uh, virtue, in that sense, is not freedom. Okay, we're not going to talk much, so much about freedom today, but it's, 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 uh, I can act out of character. Uh, I can do something misshapen in, 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 in some sense, okay? Okay. So, um, for, 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 for Thomas Aquinas, um, the anthropology or, 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 or the human makeup, um, the structure of the human being is quite complex. Uh, so when you look at the virtue, when you look at acting well, when you look at human flourishing, you have to almost kind of go under the, uh, the, the, the bridge. You have to look for other things, uh, other components of the personality, okay? And he thought that, uh, like um, Hippocrates and, and, and the Greeks, he, he thought there were certain kinds of temperaments. There are, there are four classical temperaments that people have, okay? Today, we probably say types of personality, you know, that, that kind of sense, okay? They were sanguine, uh, choleric, uh, melancholic, and phlegmatic. Okay, so the four uh, kinds of temperaments. We have these... Um, we have these in a natural way. They're natural to us, okay? It's true physiology, true physiological factors. It's true um, hereditary uh, influences. You know, it's there. There may be some social factors there involved as well, okay? But we have a certain kind of temperament. And, you know, the classical one uh, is uh, it's kind of clear in, in one sense. You know, you might have met you know, people who maybe fit into these kind of brackets, okay? So, sanguine, cheerful, optimistic, playful, upbeat, uh, faces expressive. They're good people to have in chaplaincies. <laughs> <laughs> Useful, okay, they're good. Okay, and you've probably met people like that, okay? In, 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 in some sense, okay? Um, choleric, okay, different. Quick-tempered. Passionate, uh, idealistic, energetic, and decisive. Okay, when you're going on a hiking trip, the person takes charge. Who's going to get there first? Okay, a leader. You know that. You know there's, there's certain good things there as well. Okay, um, melancholic, um, artistic. 
typically artistic, you could say, inventive, independent, can do things themselves, prone to sadness, prone to, to fluctuations of mood, you could say, and, and sensitive to others, and sensitive in their art as well, okay? Um, melancholic. Now, I'm going to qualify all these in a while, okay? Don't worry, don't, don't start putting yourself into brackets here. You know, or, or, you know, say, oh, there I am, you know? <laughs> no, there, there you are not. <laughs> okay. okay, we're usually uh, a combination of two or three. Okay, the, the anthropology here is a bit outdated. I don't know if it's been properly updated, you know, but it's something that Thomas recognized and the Greeks recognized, okay? That there, there are certain kind of a natural temperaments that we work with. It's kind of raw matter, raw material that we have to work with if we're going to come to the good life, if we're going to come to human flourishing, okay? Uh, and a phlegmatic, um, your typical cynic, you know, unsentimental, dry sense of humour, detached, objective, capable of being diplomatic and observant. Okay, handy, you know, in certain situations. And yeah, we, we, we meet persons like that. And literature is full of the types. <laughs> you know, it's most popular literature today is, is full of the types, okay? Uh, a lot of the chemistry, whatever, okay? But we, we, uh, we're careful with it. We know it exists. Um, you know, it, as long as we don't, we don't take it in too rigid a way, okay? We can work with it. We recognize that people have, have, have different temper. I remember having a friend, it's a long time ago, but I mean, she had quite a temper. You know, just just a characteristic, you know, and it was a natural temperament, you know, and you know she had a conversion and she came to work with that, and even people who knew her said she's quite different now, you know, <laughs> you know she was work, she never knew how to control that temper, you know, and um, you know, but it's different, it's there, you know, um, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that choleric, I wouldn't fit reading myself into that choleric thing, you know, but. But maybe somewhere more the sanguine or phlegmatic, you know, kind of you, you fit somewhere, you know. So just to get an idea of it, okay, in, in, in the sense that you're you're not dealing with a tabula rasa with a blank slate when it comes to talking about virtue or about happiness or, or the good life, okay? You're 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 there's something already in the cake, <laughs> okay? Something you already need to work with, okay? And and even getting to know it is is helpful, uh, becoming aware of it. Is, is helpful to you, okay, and to others as well. Okay, the other thing we have to become aware of are, are the drives in our personality. Um, what, what Father Connor was talking about uh, last night, okay, uh, about emotions. Um, and, and Thomas takes this into account as well. He's got a very long section on, on the passion. It's one of my favorite kind of parts of, of, of the Summa. And he, he goes through them, you know, first of all, he says, um, uh, he talks the movements which the Greeks, the movements of the soul, which the Greeks call pathe, are styled by some of our writers, uh, Cicero, for example, uh, disturbances, uh, by some affections or emotions, while others rendering the Greek more accurately call them passions. Okay. Um, so what's a passion, okay? Uh, a passion is, um, it's a movement of what Carol Voitier would call your psyche. Okay, that, 
a part of your soul, you could say, that's in between your body and your 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 spiritual soul. <laughs> it's between sensibility and uh, rationality. Somewhere in between, we get this. We call the stirring emotions. Okay, when you go to the opera or go to 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 a play, you're, you're moved tremendously by the play. Okay, but but three days later the emotion has subsided, okay? Uh, when you break up with someone, the sadness, the end of the world, those first few days, and then you realize it's really better and you get on, okay? And you get back to normal living, yeah, you know, after, after a while, but over at the start, it can be overwhelming, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's a moving of our sense appetite, okay? There are, there are things happening in our, in our in 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 our environment, you know, was that a wolf? Is that a wolf? You know, and it's a wolf. Run. Okay, all the films, you know, you see people run because they've seen a wolf run. Okay, Scooby Doo, you've seen a ghost you run. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. You don't wait around if you see a ghost or a wolf. Okay, but that's a passion. Okay, that's a that's a, a movement of emotion. Okay, it's gonna once you get out of the way of the wolf or the car or whatever it is, it will subside. Okay, it will go down. Okay, uh, Cicero was quite negative. There are disturbances. Okay, but as Father Connor was rightly saying, okay, we're in, in, in the Thomistic tradition and in the Catholic tradition, we're not so negative. They're, they're, they're neither good or evil. It's how it's how we appropriate them. It's how they're engaged with our, our, our will and with our reason. That's how they're taken up into reason and will, our higher faculties. That's how they become good or evil. Okay, if they're moderated according to reason. Uh, even a, a healthy, strong, even angry reaction can sometimes be good. If you see someone being bullied in school and you're a teacher and you step in, if you're too blasé about it, no one gets the, the sentences wrong. But if you're affirming, or you know, if you're, if, if you're, if you're, if you're strong about this is wrong, you shouldn't do this, um, and the tone of voice is clear and you're angry, that's a good expression of anger. You understand? It's wrong if you go over the top. Okay, if you go overboard in that expression, okay? But it's 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 consistent with how you're thinking as a thinking being, how you're moving your will and your reason, how they're moving together, and they're they're assimilating the passion. Okay. Um, so if you're in the library in UCD or, or Trinity and you start laughing out loud, <laughs> that might be good at the pantomime. <laughs> It's appropriate, but not in the library. And not coming up to exam time. It's like, what's wrong with that girl or that boy, you know? Uh, okay. So, what, what causes a passion, okay? Uh, it's a sensory perception. Our senses, our five senses, five external senses, they perceive some good or evil. You know, it could be good like ice cream, chocolate, whatever, you know? But uh, it, it's caused by that, okay? Uh, every movement of our passions uh, causes a modification of the body. Every time you feel something, your body changes. You have an actual physical alteration. Um, things like cold sweat uh, to do with fear, even the chemicals that are operative. When you, when you feel fear in the pit of your stomach, you get this nervousness. 
you know, that's a field that a doctor was telling me recently, it's, it's uh, one of our students a doctor, he's telling me that's, that's actually something happening chemically here. That's why you're getting that, that thing, sensation in the pit of, of, of your tummy, okay? Blushing, embarrassing, scarlet, you know what I'm saying? Uh, tensing of face muscles. Uh, your body is changing, okay? Because you're, you're corporate, you're composite, okay? So these emotions, these stirring emotion between your body, body picking up on the senses, what's going on, your appetite, so you're, you're, you're moving to them uh, between still below your rationality, but still there's things happening, okay? So we need 66 uh, face muscles to frown and only need 17 to laugh. <laughs> the physiology of it, okay? Uh, what, 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 what's happening, okay? Um, Thomas, when he talks about the passions, um, he talks about having a political, a political, um, political uh, sovereignty here, sovereignty. Um, it means sometimes you have to be, um, you have to be kind of diplomatic with them. Um, he says they have something of their own. Uh, they have their own realm. That if you do, like if you're a father of five kids and you go in to the living room and it's mayhem, you probably need to go for a walk around the block, you know? <laughs> you understand? Because uh, that anger is not going to die immediately, okay? You need to give some time, okay? Uh, or if, you're, if, you're, if your spouse or your boyfriend or whoever ticks you off about something, okay? You have to kind of check yourself, because <laughs> you are ticked off, okay? I am acknowledging, I am getting angry here, okay? Now, do I say it now, or do I wait for the appropriate time, okay? The virtuous person will wait for the appropriate time. Um, the person non-trained in virtue will probably rush in on the spur of the emotion, okay? And it's, it's training, uh, it, it takes discipline, um, because our, our emotions are kind of enjoyable. You know, do you ever, do you ever see an angry man who, who thought he was wrong? Do you ever see an angry man who thought he was wrong? <laughs> Don't meet angry men who think they're wrong. <laughs> okay. And, and the emotion changes how you think, okay? Um, now, why, why am I saying all this, okay? Um, I'm just saying that they're part of the constituent of who we are. Okay? Living the good life or the virtuous life of the sea, will be taking into account, not discounting the movements of our sense appetite. Uh, those stirrings, those, those drives in us, uh, whichever way they go. Okay, and they, they could be very amorous and very beautiful and very loving, you know, but the object, the person that you have them for could be the wrong person. <laughs> so again, you'll have to pull yourself back. You'll have to think about it, talk to your best friends community, and okay, <laughs> find another prayer meeting, okay? <laughs> you know, things like that, you know? Just, you just have to negotiate them. Um, whatever, okay? They have something of their own. Like, my hand goes down, it goes up. It, I, I have a kind of what, what Thomas calls a, what do you call it, a despotic sovereignty here, okay? Um, it, it goes up and down, it doesn't really get much choice in the matter, okay? But my emotions, and all, I say also my sexuality, there's something something goes on here, you know. I, I find, might find myself attracted to someone and say, why am I attracted to this person? Why is it not going away? Okay, it has something of its own, okay. You have to navigate that realm in your being in a different way. 
You have to do it as a senator would do his or do his electorate or something like that. Okay, you have to negotiate to play with it in some way. You have to get to know it. Okay, it's not you can't be tyrannical here, and we're not generally tyrannical with the emotions. Um, we just we become wise with them, certain wisdom, certain say craft with them as well. Okay. Okay, and when they get taken up into reason and will. Uh, we can't have the, the virtuous effect, uh, the virtuous acting out of them. That I, I care for the poor more ardently. I give to the poor more vigorously. I'm, I'm stirred up to work for human rights. Do you understand? Uh, like passion, you know, it, it, it can be quite a powerful force in our society for good when it's appropriated the right way. Even as a preacher, sometimes, you know, you, you feel your passion coming up. And you have to be careful. Sometimes you get, oh, where's this coming from, you know? Because you get, get stirred up about something. And it can be good. And other times you have to be careful, okay? Not to go over the top, okay? It's, just, it's only three little ladies there. In the <laughs> massive sermon on human rights. You know? No. <laughs> Father, go take a drink. Go, <laughs> go have a coffee, Father. You know? okay. No. Okay, so it's just, it's just becoming aware of that, it's becoming sensible about it. But not trying to relegate or dismiss or turn away every movement of passion. Like the Greeks like, become stoic. I mean, stoicism is going, is going popular again, isn't it? Yeah. I have no emotions, I'm just, I'm just a deadlock, you know? And that's <laughs> virtuous, okay? It's not virtue in the Intuistic or in the Catholic um, uh, way, way of thinking about it, okay? Okay, that's my favorite bit. Okay, so going back to what we were saying, okay, um, about the, the action going out from you and coming back to you like a boomerang, okay? And this is what John Paul II, going on this tradition in, in, in very tough splendor, okay? He says, human acts do not produce a change merely in the state of affairs outside of man, but to the extent that they are deliberate choices, they give moral definition to the very person who performs them, determining his profound spiritual traits. Okay. So when Maximilian Kolbe was in Auschwitz, he got special treatment because he was a priest. He got a special nastiness, you could say, uh, in the prison. But you'd often, I'm told, you'd see Maximilian Kolbe at the end of the line for food. He'd take the last place. But that was him, a whole training in Christianity, uh, a whole training in saintliness that enabled him to do that, you know, to, to go to the last place. It wasn't just an outfit. He'd learned that over a whole um, um, series of, uh, of choices. It was the attitude of a lifetime. It's how holiness grows in us, okay? So it's, it's, it's working, it's, it's apprenticeship. Uh, it, 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 it's working out. And that's what, what John Paul is getting at, okay? Um, the, the crafting, the carving, the, the, the sculpting of the personality. Through your choices, choices of the good, the true, and the beautiful, they tend to make you good, true, and beautiful, <laughs> okay? If you, you know, if you go the other way, you know, if it's ugly, shameful, Discordant, okay? 
you know, it, you know, you don't get that uh, same building up of, 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 of the person. Does that make sense? Okay. So it, it, it's the molding of character. It's the, it's the forging of character. That when when our, our virtues, for example, when they when they get really perfected in us, when they get good, when they get when we get confident in them, they they have a what's called a promptness. I keep saying this in Colby, you know, promptness. We act with promptness. Uh, we act with ease, and we act with pleasure. There's a delight in it. There's a there's a, there's a delight in performing a good deed. Okay. Um, and, and that might kind of go across, you know, against some perceptions you might have that you know, virtue is really difficult. I really give up on it. Okay, but no, when, when we get when we get good habits, okay, I'll talk about habits in a while. They they actually they become second nature. You know, when I'm when you're trying to learn to ride a, a bicycle for the first time, I need stabilizer. Your first bicycle, and you couldn't. You're very wobbly. You know, um, and um, but no, when you get it, when you get the skill. You can do it easily, you can delight in speeding along without your stabilizers, okay? You know, I had a, a young man in, in um, Rome one time, he was a ballroom dancer, and he taught ballroom dancing. It was interesting, like he said, he said the adults are very hard to teach, because <laughs> the dance is very stiff. <laughs> they didn't want to make any mistakes, you know? And, uh, but the children are much easier, the children are much more supple. They just dive into the dancing and do it, you know, and they get better by learning from their mistakes. You know? And there's something maybe in virtue act as well, okay? That it's in the action, it's in the repeated action, in the performance, okay? That we become good ballroom dancers by, by in the mesh of life, in, 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 in practicing it, okay? Yeah, so that Plato even had this, you know, he had this idea, you know, um, he says, excellence is not a gift, but a skill that takes practice, okay? We do not act rightly because we are excellent. Um, in fact, we achieve excellence by acting rightly. Okay, so getting there is, a, is, a, is as a result uh, of, uh, of repeated good performances. You know, even top violinists today, you know, how much do they have to practice? You know, when they go on the Late Late Show or they go on, you know, on TV or before people, you know? In professional world of music, how much do you have to practice? Probably all day. <laughs> all week. Even when your friends are out. You know, you can't. You have to, if you're at that level of, 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 of excellence. Okay. Um, okay, here's the thing I found in, in Albert Plays. If, French, French Dominican, French speaking Dominican anyway. It says, a virtuous person does not have the habit of good. Um, he discovers good for each action and performs it with a, a mind unceasingly freer, younger, stronger, and more efficacious. One possesses a habitus. Okay, because a habitus, habere to have or habitus, okay. One is master of it. The habitus is a principle of liberation and of freedom. Okay, so what's he talking about? Um, 
Okay, the, the first one, uh, the word I really want to introduce is habitus. Uh, again, it's an ability to facility with things. Facile, okay, ease, ease, habitus. Becoming perfected in doing something. Um, it could be temperance, say, as regards food, as regards, you know, intoxicating drinks, for example, or, 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 or food. If, if we get the habitus of temperance, we're not even inclined to overeat. It's, it's not really that attractive to us. Uh, we eat moderately according to the occasion. If it's Christmas, we'll have pudding, we'll have those things, okay? But it's, it's, it's there, it's, it's circumstantial as well, okay? It's different, I wouldn't do that on Good Friday, okay? I can't, you know? But, you know, but the temperate person is able to portion it out. Uh, it becomes ingrained in him or her. So a habitus is not a habit, okay? Habit is doing something routinely. I go to Mass by habit. We went to Mass by habit when, when I was growing up, okay? Uh, I just got there. I don't know what happened between we were just there and we left again, okay? That's not a habitus, okay? A habitus is an excellence, okay? And a habitus is exercised differently in different circumstances. So the, 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 the virtuous person is a spiritual pilot. You know, he's able to maneuver the plane, you know, dip a little to the left, go to the right, you know, get ready for the runway, you know, make a good landing, all that. You know, according to each plane that, you know, that he or she is, 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 um, is piloting. And habitus is like that, okay? It, it gives you back the wheel, okay? Uh, and you get more control of the, the navigational seat. Whereas, you know, just reading uh, or looking at documentary on ancient Rome recently, you know, they got, they got kind of addicted to the games. You know, the blood-drenched scenarios, the gladiators and the, the wild beasts in the, where was it, in the Colosseum and, and other places, you know, they, they just got kind of addicted to it. They lost kind of, they went so mad, they kind of lost control. That's, that's the opposite, you could say, of a good habitus. Oh, it's becoming vicious, we call it having a, a vice, okay? Uh, you get so, I don't know, you get so stuck on it that you can't make good choices. You can't act reasonably. You're just there, you know, for the phenomenon, for the sensation, you know? Um, and, you know, in, in drug use and in alcohol abuse as well. You know, things like that happen, okay? Um, no, but the... The habitus, which is part of ingrained in virtue, all virtues are habitus, a good habitus, uh, is a principle of freedom. Yeah, it, it's an apprenticeship in human freedom. It's, it's becoming masters of who we are and what we do. And then, see, the master is much more able to, like St. Thomas, is more able, better able to make the choice in the right way. Okay, it better it better to write that essay or do that assignment or do that experiment in the laboratory. Okay, it's more reflective, more timed, more more finely tuned. Okay, um, you know, again, like the great tennis players, they seem to have loads of time, you know, but it's it's years of building up, getting into position, and knowing where to put the ball. Will I go cross court or will I go down the line? You know, uh, they seem to have more time because they're just they're just geniuses at where they want to put the ball. 
Um, so too, the moral life is like that, okay? Um, the way I say things, the way I write things, where even our thoughts in some way are, are, are affected, okay? Okay, types of virtue, okay? Um, yeah, so I, I, I put up there, um, oh, I'll, I'll come back to them, okay? So the, 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 the most prized excellences that we can have in life, okay, are called the theological virtues. You know them, they're faith, hope, and charity, okay? They're the greatest gifts you can have in your soul. Uh, they're infused by God. We can't, we can't do a degree in faith and get faith. <laughs> you know? Can't qualify in university and get hope, okay? <laughs> do you understand? It's not, oh, I've got second class in hope, you know? <laughs> oh, why? What happened? You know? Oh, I slipped, I slipped. I, I didn't hope, you know? But no, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that, okay? It's not that. They're infused by God. God is the origin of them. They come from God. Puts them into our soul, infuses them, instills them into our soul at baptism. Baptism is the sacrament of faith, okay? The Eucharist, sacrament of charity, okay? In that sense. Hope, I think, is confirmation. Hope is... Am I right, Carl? Hope, confirmation is associated... Yeah, okay. You know, but, you know, of course, they're, they're, they're working through the sacraments as well, okay? Um, so faith, hope, and, heart, and charity are superhuman virtues. They're above the natural ability of man. Okay, they're enhanced abilities. They're super added powers of acting. Okay, that we love God, we know God, we hope in God, we're intimate with God. Aristotle, the Greek genius that he was, thought that was insane. He said, it's absurd to say you can have a relationship or be a friend of Zeus. <laughs> okay, you understand? Like, they never thought, they never imagined having theological virtues. Even though they had a lot worked out, the, the Greeks are geniuses, but they had a lot worked out. But to have theological virtues, to have this intimacy with God, you know, to have person to person with God, no, not at all, okay? But that's, that's what they are, okay? So the virtues of man are sharing the life of grace. Okay. Uh, human virtue, um, the four principal ones, I've, I've written them up, okay, for time saving are prudence, uh, justice, fortitude, and temperance. There are lots of um, virtues appended to them, you know, tagged onto them as well, okay, like liberality, we'll talk about uh, patience, for example. Uh, they, they all come under the embrace of the four cardinal virtues. Cardo means hinge, so they're the hinges of what we call human virtue, okay? For St. Thomas, they're both infused and acquired, okay? Acquired means you, you make repetitious acts, um, characteristic good acts, you practice them, you get trained in them, you're not flippant in them, you get, you get good at them, okay? It's like, like riding the bicycle, okay? For St. Thomas, you also get infused uh, moral virtues, okay? But we're just talking about the, the, the um, acquired ones at the moment, okay? So human virtue is a habit perfecting man in view of his doing good deeds. You have virtue of fortitude. Um, I may be, I'll be a sticker, okay? When my life gets difficult, when it's exam time, or my marriage is a bit rocky, I'll be there, I'll be holding on, I'll be fighting for it. I'll be fighting for the good, okay? I'll have a firmness, okay? I won't be flimsy. I won't be just 
a marshmallow, you know, I, I'll just, I'll have more in me. Okay, and that's fortitude. We need that for certain challenges in life, certain obstacles, okay, that, that don't get us, you know, block us on the way to the good, okay? Um, so they're, they're usually called moral virtues, okay? Theological moral. And then there's what's also called, they're called intellectual virtues, like the virtue of science, which is knowledge, okay? Uh, the virtue of wisdom. Um, I'll, talk, I'll give you an example of one in, in a while, okay? So if it perfects man's intellect, it will be an intellectual virtue. Uh, if it perfects his appetite, okay, your, your desires, your wanting, your wishing, your willing, okay? It will be a moral virtue. Does that make sense? So we've three, we've three types, okay? We have, we have theological, we have moral, and we have intellectual. And we'll talk a little more in detail about them. So I don't want to go over time, okay? Yeah, here's, okay, yeah. So one of the intellectual virtues, perfect our intellect, is called art, okay? Now it's not ballet, okay? It's not fine arts, okay? It's not art, it's more like a craft. It could be engineering, could be carpentry, okay? The, the, the medieval sense of what art was, ours is, is broader than what we would understand today, okay? okay? It's not having a delicate palette, okay? So it's become skilled in something that makes things, okay? This is what art is about. Art is nothing else, but right reason, again reason, about certain works to be made. It's, it's man as a maker, homo faber, okay? The, the man who makes, the person who makes things. Uh, for a craftsman, for example, is commended not for the will with which he does a work, but for the quality of his work. Again, the skilled engineer, uh, the skilled builder of bridges, okay, the, the skilled, um, I think even medicine falls into, into this, you know, um, uh, you know, um, art. So it's an intellectual virtue. I can be very good, I can be a very skilled physician. I can have intellectual virtue without having moral virtue, okay? I can be actually very good at flying a plane, but I can be a lousy citizen. I could be, I could be an absentee father. Uh, I could be an adulterous husband. Do you understand? I could, have, I could have very big flaws in my personality, in my character, but I could still be able to do things that dazzle and amaze. Okay, I could be famous, okay? And often very talented people are very famous, okay? But you see there's a kind of a, a drop, or there's kind of a double play there. They, they, there's, there's a divorce between the, the, the moral life, okay? You see that very often, it kind of repeats itself a lot. Father Alan, just yeah. as you say that, I just, King David comes to mind yeah, yeah. in the scriptures, you yeah. know, that the ways he obviously was, um, like hugely powerful, like influential over Israel, but how he failed as a father, yeah, committed adultery, <laughs> like these yeah. are the, the things that are coming to mind as yeah. you speak. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of yeah, no, certainly. And see the, yeah. the biblical heroes and yeah. anti-heroes, we, we we see this, okay. Mm -hmm. um, but Thomas makes this distinction between between intellectual virtue, like I can be a top physicist, uh, but unfaithful in any relationship. You know, that, that, that sense, okay? Um, 
Okay, the other one, uh, prudence is kind of unique because prudence is very important. That really is a spiritual pilot for us, you know. Uh, prudence is right reason and action, okay. It's, it's both a moral and an intellectual virtue. It kind of straddles both because it's in our mind. It's a perfection of our intellect. But also it, it kind of governs or controls, in some sense, the moral virtues, our, our appetites for food, for drink, for, for sexual pleasure, for example, okay. Uh, prudence helps us to do them well, okay. It helps us to find the measure. Um, yeah, how much do I have to try at this sport uh, to make it, you know? Or is it unrealistic that I'm going into this profession, you know? Uh, prudence finds the measure. You know, am I trying too hard or, or trying too little, that kind of way, okay? So, so uh, Augustine says, prudence is love choosing wisely between the things that help and those that hinder. Nice way, it's, it's love choosing wisely. It's your... It's your little, it's your little sat-nav true life, okay? A prudent person uh, will govern his emotions really well, okay? He won't have skewed visions of things. He won't have illusions or delusions of grandeur. Uh, but it's very realistic about what, what he or she can achieve or what needs to be done or what needs to be said, you know? Maybe as a, as a parent, you know, maybe disciplining a child, you know, do you make a big fuss about it, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or do you just say a few quiet words and it, it's done with, it's dealt with, you know, that's prudence, you know, when to overdo things and when to underdo things, okay, it's, it's prudence, it's love choosing wisely, uh, liberality, liberality comes under, uh, it comes under justice, okay, it's appended to justice, okay, it's one of the appendices, you could say, of justice, okay? Uh, and what's liberality? It's kind of, it's generosity and ease with the goods you own. Okay, it's a certain open-handedness, okay? It says, uh, liberality is also called open-handedness, largitas, largesse, having a largesse, okay? Because that which is open does not withhold things, but parts with them. Okay, you're a generous benefactor. Um, even giving pocket money to your kids, <laughs> you know, maybe you don't want to overdo it, uh, but you're generous. You've done one of well under leaving cert or whatever, okay? Uh, things like that, okay? The the ox would probably be tight fisted, even though you have a lot. You're very tight fisted with it, you know. You might own McDonald's and still think that burger is too expensive if you have to buy it, you know. <laughs> we have you know instances of this. You know, very very rich people going in and saying. I own the joint, but I'm not paying, you know, you know, kind of very, very, very tight with, with, with their money, with possessions, with, with material wealth, okay? But liberality is the virtue uh, which helps us to be more at ease, more dispossessed, okay? Um, another one is, uh, it's called the virtue of perseverance. I probably spelled that wrong, okay? I think it's an A, okay, at the end. Uh, it's called a virtue called perseverance, that we're... We're actually, when we come up against an obstacle, when we're in a different course, a difficult course in college, and we could give up. You know, we could maybe, okay, I'll try something else, or, you know, very, very easily, too easily. You know, three weeks into our course, I don't like it, I hate it, you know, I hate, I hate the class, <laughs> you know, I think, okay, maybe you shouldn't say that, okay, but, but, uh, but it's, it's to persist long in something until it is accomplished, belongs to a special virtue 
perseverance is a special virtue. So uh, it's, it's a special excellence, okay? It comes under fortitude. It's in the embrace of fortitude. When you have courage in your life, you're also a person who, who perseveres in projects or sees them out to the end. You know, when it's reasonable to do that, okay? Okay, I've got five minutes, so I've got to go through quickly. Just a few things, okay? Uh, what we would say about uh, the virtues is that they're connected. It's very unlikely that you have one skill or characteristic and it's not aligned with others, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Do you understand? Uh, it's not likely that you're temperate and you have no courage. Do you understand? Uh, um, it, it's not likely that you be prudent and then you have no sense of justice. Okay, you're kind of a sociopath. No, it's, it's not that, okay? Uh, and this is what Thomas says, okay? Uh, whoever can curb his desires for pleasures of touch, temperance, is more able to check his daring in dangers of debt, fortitude, courage. Do you understand? So the temperate person can also be courageous. In this sense, fortitude, courage is said to be temperate. Okay? Temper, temperance is said to be brave. As he whose mind is strengthened by fortitude is more able to remain firm against the onslaught of pleasure. So the courageous person is better at getting his appetites in order. Do you understand? I could say sexual pleasure or pleasure for drink or for food, okay? Uh, courage helps us because it, may, it gives us a certain firmness, you know? Uh, Cicero had this, you know? Cicero was a genius. He had this. He said, it would be inconsistent for a man to be unbroken by fear and yet vanquished by cupidity. I suppose love of, of, of certain pleasures, okay? Um, okay, so there, there's a consistency there in the virtues. Um, yeah, just even the little virtues, even the, the things like patience can make for human greatness. <laughs> okay, you say, well, fine. It's not a great thing to be patient, but it is. It, it, it's actually, someone is working on themselves God is working on them. Um, uh, the one who is patient does not flee from evil, but does not allow himself to be made inordinately sorrowful thereby. Okay, so patience is kind of control of sorrow. You know, when you're waiting in a queue, when the, the waiter doesn't bring your food in a restaurant, and you're waiting for ages, and you're kind of, you feel the sorrow, what's going on? When someone doesn't do things for you, into, you know, instant coffee culture, you know? When someone doesn't bring something straight away to you, you say, oh, oh, you know, I'm just getting sad. What a terrible day. What a terrible life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and what happens? You get sorrowful. You get inordinately sad. Inordinately sad, okay? And you lose patience. I need to you slap down your, your um, slap down your, your spectacles or something, okay? You, you, you storm out, okay? Yeah. Every sitcom has it, okay? Right, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thomas, this is kind of existential for Thomas. He says, through patience, man possesses his soul. The great saints are patient. Remember St. Therese of Lisieux? That sister she didn't really like. And then the sister, you know, some years there, she says, but I'm your favorite. Person you most like in the convent, you know? She's the one she didn't really like at all, you know? But the genius of Thres, the virtue, working with this person in close community, and she becomes her, you know, 
she sees this, this, this thing happening, okay? So to be patient means to preserve cheerfulness and serenity of mind in spite of injuries, okay? Just one or two to go, and I've done that. Oh, I won't go into that once we do it, it's okay. Um, I'll come back to it, okay? Uh, okay, just to, I know uh, Adam will talk about this later on uh, today, so I don't need to go into this, okay? Uh, charity is the animator of all the virtues. In the life of grace, in life with Jesus Christ, charity is the form of the virtues. Um, charity is the one that gets them all in order. It's like the photographer. Like on the last day of our retreat, we'll have a photographer come and take a good picture of it. Get us all in order. <laughs> Get us in the right place in the picture, okay? So all your excellences, all your little abilities have to be in the right shape, in the right place, uh, as a constituent of, of your being in Christ, okay? Charity gets us to the end. It gets us to love God. So all our other abilities, all our other virtues are coordinated. They're in the right place, in the right exercise, but they're now, they reach God, okay? So I, I climb the mountain, say, in Medjugorje or, or Lourdes, wherever it is, I, I climb the mountain for the love of God, Okay? I do this, I, I go on the missions in China, in Honduras, I go into the Amazon jungle, like the Jesuits did, you know, for the love of God. Okay, that's what we talk about, about charity being the, 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 the form of the virtues, okay? It, it, now it vivifies them, it organizes them, it energizes them, it, it, it brings them onto a new level. Through friendship with God, I do these superhuman things for the world, for man, and for God himself. Okay, that, that, that sense, okay? And, and they bring us to the end. They, on our pilgrimage through life, they bring us to our final end, uh, which is with God himself, okay? And then, you know, the virtuous life, the good life, should incline us towards the virtuous friendships. We, we, we come into the community of the church. Uh, we come into the community of those living the good life. We become good citizens. We become loyal friends. We become good companions, jovial, you know, uh, ones. Okay. So uh, Thomas says this. He recognised this. Okay. Um, like uh, living the virtuous life, you're not a spiritual capitalist. Okay. And I don't mean that in a wrong way, but it's just you're not an individual. <laughs> okay. You're brought into <coughs> communion with others, with the friends of God, and then extending out uh, towards others as well. There is nothing on this earth to be prized more than true friendship. Okay, that's St. Thomas. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay, he had friends. You know, the incarnate word had human friendship, you know. Um, and Aristotle, even Aristotle had. Friendship then between the virtuous is friendship in the best sense, as we have noted many times, okay. So, um, so it's a project between two people who are orientated towards the good. Okay, the, the friends do a shared thing. They, they do a shared enterprise. And, um, and your friends help you to be virtuous. They, they sometimes make the, they lift the bar for you. Okay, you expect things. Okay, they help you, they console you when you, you fall. They want to, to pick you up, you know, and they correct you. Okay, so friendship is a great boon for the virtuous life. And, and the virtuous life should lead us into communion, friendship, uh, and, and the joy of one another's company, uh, and the joy which build, build, builds up civilization. You know, Thomas says, we can't live without joy. 
Aristotle says no one would really want to live without friends. You know, very simple things. But that's where the virtuous life gets to. Okay. Okay, I'm stopped. Okay. I'm stopped. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so we have some time for questions. Is that okay? Yeah, do you want to say something? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We have five minutes okay. for questions. Okay. okay. I'm gonna have time tomorrow. We'll have time tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, so that's a lot of material. It's just an introduction, but it's kinda any any thoughts on it or <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Um, so two questions, but they're kind of yeah, yeah. similar. Um, on faith, so if that's on a virtue infused by God, yeah, like how is it? Is, does, is that kind of describing like the natural religious instinct that people kind of talk about? Um, because you know people nowadays kind of believe in like the stars or the universe. So yeah. How is it that uh, virtue infused by God can seem to fail? Okay, see, um, we're talking about theological faith, okay? I'm not talking about faith that my brakes will work in the car, okay? Even I don't really know, but I believe that they will, okay? We, we have a very generalized sense of what faith is, okay, in culture, okay? It's not a religious thing. I have faith, okay? Uh, but in, um, when we talk about theological faith, it's theological virtue being infused into a soul, okay? Is that I, I listen to God, the truth that he has revealed in Jesus Christ, I believe that God, what God is saying is true. I assent to it. I give my assent to it and I respond. Okay, I believe God. I believe what he's saying is true. And I have a kind of a trustfulness towards God. Okay, so it's very, it's very narrow in a sense. It's not faith in a very opaque, very bland sense. Okay, it's not what we usually talk about as faith today. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyone else? Go ahead, yeah. You know when the virtues are being practiced? Yeah. And then the habitus kind of becomes ease. Yeah. Um, is there kind of a temptation then towards complacency or like um, going through the motions like if I practice going to mass a lot? Yeah. But then I'm not really in the mass kind of. Or yeah. Like, you know, or do you kind of get what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, I know. Yeah, yeah. There, there is, there can be, you know. I think this has happened during COVID. People got going to mass as a routine. They got kind of complacent. They got out of the habit. Uh, it probably wasn't a habit house, you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. No, but, but yeah, you, you, there is a danger, yeah. You know, that's why you need renewal and refreshment in your spiritual life. The, the spiritual life is not all just plain, kind of level, horizontal, plain. You just do the same thing all the that's, that's not. You need, to, you need to vary it. <laughs> you need to go away and retreat. You need to take a holiday. You need to get out of your routine. Because routine is good in a sense, you know. But... Um, but that promptness, ease, and pleasure is, it's kind of like a, a facility to do it in different situations as well. You know, and you have to keep working on yourself. You have to keep, uh, keep yourself fresh. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not just, you can't become dull or just repetitious or boring. You know, you're, you're, you're always being renewed. That, that's part of it, yeah, okay. Go ahead. When you're talking about like the intellectual virtue and the yeah. moral virtue, kinda, yeah. the the art and the artist, and, yeah. And you said you can't say you're a good Catholic but a bad shoemaker. Yeah. Is it what would kind of the idea be then? If say I'm a shoemaker and I'm like I'm alright at making shoes. Yeah. Should I be pursuing something that I could be really really exceptional in? In terms of a, an intellectual virtue or a skill, or a, should I be pursuing that, or should I be focusing on 
making my shoes as good as it can be. Yeah, I, I think the, the excellence you pursue is proportioned to your abilities. You know, not everyone has the same talent in singing. So if I'm just average, I shouldn't be looking for pre professional rank. You know, that would be overdoing, okay? But if I can sing and, you know, I can sing at the, I can sing in the shower, you know, I can, I can, I can sing, you know? And, uh, you know, I can, I can do it, you know? I can, I, can, I can perfect myself at a certain level, you know? Uh, but it's not trying to be someone else. You know, I think Thomas has that, that a lot of these virtues are, they're exercised with regard to ourselves. So, so yeah. like, yeah. yeah, so if I, if I put effort and time into painting or singing in the shower, but yeah. I'm not yeah. Da Vinci or yeah. Freddie Mercury, yeah. <laughs> that's still a, a virtuous and yeah, a, still, yeah. a, it's a still good a, way it's, to live. It's a good use of your abilities, yeah, yeah. And there might be something that you're actually good in. You might become a banker or something, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what virtues are most, most frequented by the saints? And which ones would you recommend for us practice, which is the easiest to do? <laughs> 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 just the last bit. Just, the, the, saints, the saints are very good because they reverse on their virtues. You know, some of them are, are very good. Uh, on humility, for example, uh, you know, Saint also said, uh, Maria Goretti, you know, obviously chastity, she, she, she practiced in a, in a heroic way, you know. Um, uh, Saint Maria de Montfort had, had not an extraordinary temper. <laughs> so his natural temper was he had, a, he, had a, he had a strong temper, he had to work with that, you know. Um, other virtues, like, like Saint Thomas's wisdom, his wisdom is extraordinary, you know. and. Um, other saints don't have that, you know. Um, like the Curie Bars, he barely got through his classes in, in seminary, you know. You know, he wasn't he doesn't have that great intellectual ability. So they, they the, the virtues that they become good at, because the virtues even in us are not equal, they're not equal in any person. They're they they have what Thomas calls he calls a, uh, an equality of proportion. Like my, my hand has five fingers, they're not the same size or the same length, but they're in proportion to each other. So one saint might be very good on courage, like Maximilian Colby, for example. Uh, another maybe on chastity, another on wisdom. You know, there's different, there's a whole variation in them, you know. That's the first part of it. Ask me the second part later, okay? Okay. okay. Let's give Father Alan yeah. a hand. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this lecture on the Thomistic Institute podcast. The generosity of people like you makes this podcast possible. If you enjoy these talks, please consider showing your support at www.tomisticinstitute.org slash donate. Your donation of even a dollar helps us reach more college students and many others with the powerful truths of the faith, and it ensures that we can keep publishing top-notch lectures on this podcast. Thanks a lot.